Showmanship has been defined as the art of presenting your dairy goat to its best advantage. What does that really mean? And what does it take to be an outstanding showman, whether it is in the national show youth events or at your own local show? On this week's episode of Goat Gap, Cameron and I are joined by Audrey Greenwood, an experienced national show showmanship winner who shares her thoughts about showmanship and what it takes to win. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Goat Gab. We're so glad to have you here. My name is Laura Warren-Hughes. I'm one of your co-hosts. And my name is Cameron Jedlowski, and I'm the other co-host. And today, we are joined by someone that I have been looking forward to, to come on the podcast ever since the beginning of, ever since we had this idea. Um, it is Audrey Greenwood from California. Audrey, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Great. Oh. Just another day in paradise. Tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, um, your background, uh, where you come from, and uh, how beautiful Southern California is. All right. Well, Southern California is beautiful. Um, <laughs> you guys, if you haven't been, you got to come visit sometime. It's it really is pretty. The weather is always great. I always see people on Facebook. You know, oh, it's negative whatever degrees. I'm like, oh man, I'm over here at 60 degree weather, like all bundled up and cold. So. I don't know how you guys do it, but yeah. So a little bit about myself. Um, well, I have goats, dairy goats, obviously. Um, I've been raising goats. Mm, I got my first goat when I was eight, a little bottle baby, La Mancha. Um, that was a lot of fun. I didn't start getting competitive or like want to, you know, start to really get into it until I was probably like 14, 13 or 14 maybe. And so however long that was, I'm 22 now. And so it's been a lot of fun, you know, raising the La Manchas. I've had a little bit of everything here and there. And it's just the La Manchas have just, that's, that's me. So that's your breed. That's my breed. Yes. And Audrey, what's your herd name? I don't know if I missed that or not. Argon's Dairy Goats. Argon's Dairy Goats. So how'd you come up with that? So... (laughs) So when I was eight, we had to come up with a herd name and it was me and my five other siblings. We all kind of had like a goat, right? And so my mom thought that hoof hearted would be cool until, you know, you got a little older. And if you you say hoof hearted three times fast, you know, it doesn't really sound like hoof hearted. <laughs> and so I, I, I thought, you know, I think I want to change it. And so all my siblings got out of goats. It's just me. It's been me for a while. And so I was, you know, thinking, I was like, oh, what do I want my herd name to be? And my great grandpa, he was in Pearl Harbor and the ship he was on was the USS Argonne. And he was, you know, pretty influential in my life. And so I decided, you know, I'll, I'll go with Argons. And so that's how I got it. <laughs> that's pretty neat there. And Audrey, um, you're an Edgar licensed judge, right? You have an apprentice license. Yup. And your claim to fame as well, I would say, is you've done very well on the national level at showmanship. Isn't that correct? I guess so, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. So how well have you done, Audrey? This is the time you can toot your own horn. That's why we've got you here. <laughs> um, so I, I've i won showmanship um, once as an intermediate to showman and then uh, twice as a senior. Um, one, two times in Oregon and then uh, – one time in Wisconsin. 
Okay, Very so that's awesome. that's three times, and then you've done. Have you placed in the top five a couple times as well? There. Um, yeah, I, I the the three times I won showmanship were the three times I was actually able to bring my own animals, so those were cool. But yeah, I usually the other nationals I went to, I was like a an imprint or um like an intern, and so okay. like I would go mm-hmm. like travel along with people and just kind of just like grab a goat and just like go in there and have some fun. <laughs> Well, I think that shows how versatile you are because I believe the best showman out there can grab any goat they want and find a way to make them look good. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so and I think with Audrey here, uh, we're going to be talking about showmanship. And I love having Audrey on the podcast because she's got a rich background and obviously doing well in it. And then we have Laura as well, who adds a different perspective because her daughters have competed in showmanship and can look at it from a mom perspective. And then obviously myself and, um, you know, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I've judged showmanship before and not at a national level, but um, I've been asked to. But, um, you know, I can look at it from a different lens. So we're looking at showmanship from a different perspective here as it pertains and, and talking about it, not just for the youth in our listeners' lives, but also for you as as dairy goat breeders. Showmanship, I think, is such an important reason, just kind of for what you hinted on there, Cameron, you know, that the ability to take an animal and make them really show off their fine points and and maybe hide some of their not-so-fine points is is truly an art and, and truly something that has to be worked on. I, I always believed as a 4-H'er myself, and um, I only had the opportunity to be in one national showmanship class when I was a youth. Um, but I always felt like that even if I didn't have the best animals uh, for the breed that I was showing that day, I could really shine in showmanship. That was something that I had control over how, how well I learned how to show animals. And, and sometimes I think having animals that maybe aren't the best animals encourage you to learn to be a better showman so that you can do better even with animals that, that aren't. So I think it's just really, I think showmanship is really a good thing for kids to get into. Uh, it really teaches you teaches you a lot. I feel like. I think on the flip side as well as there there we're seeing more adult showmanship classes come up. I know Indiana does one. I've judged one in Missouri. I did did one in Louisiana. So there are even prizes out there, and they might be even more adult friendly prizes than the, than the youth prizes as well. The problem with those adult classes and Audrey, I don't know if you guys have those out there very often. Um, It seems like half the time there are those in the class that are serious and really trying to do a good job. And then there are people who come out and walk backwards and, and, you know, bring, bring a buck instead of a doe at a doe show and, and, you know, really kind of ham it up. And that's funny unless you're one of the serious people. So, um, but it is good for adults to learn too. And man, we sure can learn a lot from watching youth. Audrey, do you have any like adult showmanship classes out there in California, Southern California? Mm, no, I no, we don't have any, any of those down here. And I think if we did, I don't know if I would necessarily want to compete in that. There's nothing <laughs> wrong with it. It's just, I don't know if it's for me. <laughs> <laughs> You sound well, kind of like my girls who are like, been there, done that, don't need to do that again, mom. <laughs> yeah, that's, for me, like showmanship growing up, it's like, that was the, like, event for me. So, like, I spent 
days and days, like, getting ready and all that stuff. And as soon as I did my last national showmanship, you know, in, what was it, 2019, I was like, oh, like, I'm done. Like, I'm, I'm like, I feel free almost. And so I'm like, I don't really want to do that again. (laughs) (laughs) I get it. I get it. It's a good, it's a good time when you're at that age and then you're ready to move on. That's the way it should be, I guess. Perfect. Well, I I think moving right in and talking about showmanship here, I think we got to talk about the scorecard and um, I might have a TC coming up, but uh, Audrey, do you remember the scorecard from your Adgood judges licensing test for showmanship? Uh, I mean, are you about to quiz me right now? Oh, sure. Yeah. No, (laughs) no, he's not. (laughs) Um, I mean, it's, we it's, want her to stay on the interview, not leave the interview. Okay. It's, it's uh, definitely been over a year. <laughs> uh, Thanks, yeah. Thanks, COVID. Yes. Um, but the scorecard, I think, really lays it out really well. And I think if we're going to talk showmanship, we have to start at what the rubric, rubric says, uh, or the framework, rubric, whatever you want to call it there is and I think the the easiest 10 points you can earn is just looking good. Oh yeah, for sure. Um and I, I know think, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say as a judge to me that is when I used to judge showmanship. And as a mom or working with other youth trying to encourage them, when I see them not put any effort into at least wearing clean white clothes, I'm just like you just blew 10 points. Why did you do that? Why are you doing that? <laughs> I don't understand. It doesn't make sense to me. I agree. So, uh, well, Laura, I'll ask you a question because you've mentioned it many times. If the showmanship competitor comes in with boots tucked into the pants, would you take off some points? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't think, I don't think you can take points off. Um, I don't think it looks good, but you know, there, it's definitely not an element of the scorecard. I don't know that you can take points off, but I would, I mean, I don't know. I would say on a national level, if you are down to the point that you're splitting hairs on some placings, somebody who has their boots tucked in their jeans, that, that, that could be, that could be a, a thing to consider there. Yeah, I agree with that. Actually, uh, when I was, in 2019, before I was getting ready to go into the ring, I, I have two pairs of shoes. I have my Twisted X's that are super comfortable, and, you know, I could show goats all day, and I have my boots, which I could also do that, but it's more painful. And so I'm like, okay, which one do I want to go into showmanship with? I was going back and forth, and I went with my boots because my Twisted X's have, like, a little pattern on the side. And I was like, e- I, I know if it's close, that's that could do me in. And so... I, I think it's the little things. Showmanship is all about the little things, and that's just something that could, uh, you know, separate you from somebody else. Yeah, I think that's so, too. Really what point. do you think, Cameron? That's a really good point to bring up, and I never thought about it from that, but it makes perfect sense to me, and I know um, if, if a pattern can disturbance you or um, maybe a, a sparkly belt um, for mm-hmm. some exhibitors that wear those, and to me they're obnoxious, and also I – was kind of jaded at one national show when, when that was used as a reason why I was second, not first. And I was, I was kind of jaded from that experience, but um, <laughs> I agree just being the most inconspicuous as possible. In addition to having the preferred white costume, as the scorecard says, um, nope. it, it just, you just pick up the 10 points. 100%. I 
100% agree. So on a national show level, I think, tell me if I'm right, Audrey, I think the rule is that they don't want you to have anything on your shirt. They don't want you to have a herd name. They don't want you to have um, Indiana youth representative or anything like that. It They really want a plain white shirt. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I believe so. And I, I thought I remember reading somewhere that it, they pref- it's preferred to wear a long sleeve white shirt, I, but I can't. I don't know if that's actually a rule or not, but yeah, definitely like a white shirt. I know that working with my girls on what they should wear, um, you know, you talked about comfortable with your twisted X. I think everybody would agree that a t-shirt is a lot more comfortable than a button up shirt with a collar and long sleeves. 100%. When you put somebody in a shirt with a collar um, that's, that's, you know, nice and pressed and, and those long sleeves, Next to somebody wearing a t-shirt, in my mind, there's no contest. The person with the long sleeves looks so much more professional. 100%. Yes. I'm looking at the scorecard right now because I just happened to be by the page because I was studying that um, recently. And uh, it says suggested uniform. This is right from the guidebook. Long-sleeved white shirt regulation. I don't know what regulation means. White pants. 4-H or FFA necktie. No one wears that. Unless you're in the state of California and you go to the California State Fair, they... Correct me if I'm wrong, Audrey. You have to wear that. If you're in like 4-H, and it's, if it's a 4-H or FFA show, then yeah, you got to wear your uniform. Okay. With matching shoes and belt in black, white, or brown. Um, it doesn't say rhinestones on that, but that's very popular. <laughs> doesn't say cowboy boots either. So if, if no. you're not a boot person, I guess you're okay. And it, of course, it doesn't say not tucked in, but... It actually was a national show judge one time that told me, hey, just a heads up, don't ever wear your, your jeans tucked into your boots. It looks stupid. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, I never got the logo thing. And maybe because I was just a very pr- – like because this wasn't a rule back when I was showing. Um, kind of when I was in showmanship, it was kind of after that. And I, I get it. But at the same time, I'm, I felt like I was very proud of, of representing my herd out there. And, and, you know, maybe cause I always used my best goat and I always wanted people to affiliate my goat with my herd. I don't know. Maybe I was weird like that. Maybe I thought differently, but, um, I'm not, a, I, I don't mind the logo as a judge, um, because I'm not judging the logo. I'm judging you as the human. I agree. And I agree too. And I also think though that, that maybe a consideration and maybe this is the mom in me coming out. Um, even though, okay, let's just put the cards on the table. If you're, if you have a nationally recognized herd, you probably are going to, are going to be a pretty darn good showman anyway. Right? Like if your family has animals that went on a national level, you probably are going to do fairly well showing anyway, because you've, you've learned how to do that. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And, and your family has set that standard. I think that was the big thing for us was my dad set the standard that if you are going to show with a, you know, be part of this team, we want you to do well and represent us well, because you're not just representing yourself. You're representing us. And as bad as that right. sounds, that's just kind of what, what our standard was. Well, and, and so where I'm going with this is um, other people may not necessarily see that, but what they do see is, oh, well, 
that youth did really well because <laughs> look, they have the herd shirt on from that herd and that's why they won the class. You see what I'm saying? It's sometimes it's about perception yeah. and, and um, you know, if my kids are going to win on a national showmanship level, I want them to have no doubt in their mind that they did it because they were the top showman out there. Um, and I want everybody else to agree with that too. It, it's, I just think that when you wear a logo, sometimes you're setting yourself up for people to be snarky and say, well, they just won because they're part of the such and such herd, you know? I agree. And I, I think okay. that in the goat world, there's a lot of that. And that's one thing that kind of like, I guess kind of bugs me a little bit, you know, like, yeah, it's fun to be competitive. It's fun to win, but you know, be a gracious winner, be a gracious loser. If somebody wins and they have a logo of some giant herd name, then, you know, who cares? You know, it's, you don't know the questions that were asked. You don't know, you know, how hard they studied. You don't know how long they took to, you know, prep that animal. You don't know how many days it took. It's just, you know, just let it happen. It's okay. You win some, you lose some. And so that's, that's kind of what I think about that. I would agree yeah, with that. I, there's both, both sides to it. I see both sides. And as a judge, I don't, I don't really care. Like, it's just, that's my personal perspective. And, and Audrey, I think you kind of feel the same way, but uh, moving moving right along from that here, the next 40 points, Audrey, is what? Is, what is it, showing the animal or the appearance of the animal? Appearance of the animal, yes. He's down, He's bound determined to, to grill you on this, isn't he? Dude, I'm telling you, I haven't done this in so, it's been like almost forever. I'm like, oh my gosh. Um. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, 40 points is appearance of the animal. And I like to say you do 50% of the work before you even enter that show ring. 100%. Actually, it's 50%, yeah. but. <laughs> but yes, you know what? We, bo- we both agree with that, too. Yes. Absolutely. You know what, Cameron? Did I ask you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like you, Audrey. <laughs> <laughs> so so how early do you start with with your showmanship animals audrey as far as preparing and and i guess i would even jump back farther than that um teaching your animal what you expect out of them in the show ring i'm not talking about grooming at this point but i'm talking about actual showing and and getting the animal to set up when you stop and things like that do you do you spend a lot of preparation work in in training them um so when I was um, like a youth, I was younger. Yeah, I had like my showmanship goat. And as we were talking about earlier, she was not the fanciest animal. I mean, there was, you know, some things wrong with her 100%. But, you know, that makes you that much better of a showman when you learn how to, you know, show those qualities out of her. But, um, I mean, yeah, practice makes, you know, perfect, I guess you could say. But I think it's more on the exhibitor I I think a good showman should be able to go in the ring with any goat and and compete well whether they know the goat or not and I think that's why it's also important you know when you're in showmanship and they switch animals around you got to be able to show everything I think so so I mean yes practice is good but at the same time sometimes things happen like my first nationals with uh, my goats had my goat all ready to go practice it was ready to go day before showmanship she went lame and I was like, Oh, are you kidding me? So I went to my good friend and I was like, do you have a goat I could use? And she's like, yup. 
So I went, picked out a goat, super hairy, like not even touched at all because La Mancha showed like last. And I went, I spent all day and half the night clipping her and getting her ready and went in the next day and, and just hoped for the best, basically. So, so I, it's kind of like a long answer to your question, I guess. I think most 4-Hers, most youth have a showmanship dough that that you know they is their go-to dough but i think oh, yeah. you made a really great point you need to think about what happens if you can't show her especially on on a national level for sure when i retired my showmanship goat i was probably 13 or 14 i would say i probably used a different goat for showmanship like every show that i went to after that yeah i think i think it, it in order to get better at showmanship i think you have to show a lot of different goats not specifically just in the showmanship class, but I think um, goats that might not be yours as well. So going to a show and being ringside and saying, hey, when they need help, just grabbing them. And, and I think that's going to make you better as a showman because you're getting so much more experience with different goats. You're sizing up different goats. You're, you're looking at them there um, in different perspectives. But I think some of the technical stuff when it comes to maneuvers and other things – you can really work on that with one goat. Don't you agree? Yeah, I do agree. I I remember, and we have horror stories um, in my family of the three of us, and then my little brother, he wasn't old enough to do the events yet, the showmanship, but we were practicing walking kids, and then we were doing showmanship maneuvers in the yard, and my dad was like yelling at us because we were very intense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't, yeah, I didn't have that. It was basically just like, me figuring it out. <laughs> so, how, how did you learn? How, I mean, obviously, you're a great showman. You've shown for everybody under the sun on the on the West Coast, um, just and, about, and yeah, a, and done a phenomenal job as well. Obviously, because I've watched I've watched a lot of live stream. You watch showing goats, um, <laughs> but you. but where did you? Where I mean, where did you learn all this? I think that you got it right. I mean, from the age of like eight and on, I just would ringside at the open show and just you know oh do you need help do you need help and just pray and hope somebody would let me hold a goat you know half the times you know it's a group class and they're all all right come hold this goat you know there's like a bunch of goats it doesn't really match a group class and you know I'm in there just like holding a goat you know and then growing up you just get a little better and better and then you start to you know okay so she can walk a goat now okay okay she can kind of reach the legs now and just you know basically you yeah practice and help everybody the more you get out there the more open breeders you help show the more experience you're going to get you know you're going to handle so many different types of goats and you're going to learn how to show those goats and how to show the flaws out of those goats you know i think that's important so definitely get out there and help no matter how tired you are go help the open breeders show all their goats so what I'm hearing you saying, Audrey, is the prep work on the actual ability to show is more you as a as a showman not getting that push button goat. Because I, you know, I've heard people say sometimes, well, I just don't have an animal that I feel like is just, you know, the perfect showmanship animal. So it's more important that you're the perfect showman, not not looking for that perfect animal. I yeah. So if you're if you can show a goat. Even if you go in with a super naughty goat, you know, just do your best and, you know, but, um, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think some of the, 
the best showman can show any goat, no matter who it is, what it is, where you're at as well. Um, and you can make money off of it too. And this is something I often tell older 4-Hers when I do do um, 4-H shows and judge showmanship is you can make money showing goats at national shows. Um, I was judging the Wisconsin, um, I was judging in Wisconsin, the Rock County Fair, which actually has more goats in that county uh, at the show than the Wisconsin Junior Show. But I was judging them and I was said, hey, you can actually make money doing this. And somebody was there. Um, and then the next year I had one of, not the one of the 4-H's, but one of the like, older people in the Rock County 4-H, she actually showed my goats at the national show. And I gave her like 50 bucks. I said, I told all the 4-H's in your area that you can make money doing this. Now, here's an example. Here's 50 bucks. There you go. I'm going to come <laughs> show for you. He'll take you up on it. Yeah, I, I won't say no. I will tell you that right now. <laughs> um, so you had also mentioned, Audrey, that um, when your dough turned up lame, that you spent a lot of time um, prepping your replacement animal for showmanship. Can you kind of walk us through um, what you do as far as preparing the animal to show grooming wise? Sure. You guys comfortable? You got a drink and some snacks? And... Yep. No, I'm just, oh, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so I feel like I spend probably way too long getting my goats ready for showmanship. So like, like even one hair out of place, like I can't do it. Like it, there cannot even be a hair. So first start with a bath. Um, then you clip them. I... I feel like almost every nationals I clipped before I went. And then when I got there, I thought, oh, their hair's just barely too long. And I reclipped them like day before. And so clipping them, getting every hair, getting every spot, you know, I'll take a pair of scissors and I'll go over the cowlicks and make sure none of those hairs are, you know, any longer than the other. I'll go between the toes, like way in between the toes that the clippers can't get, scissor those off around the dew claw. Um, I think that the chest, the brisket, a lot of people miss that part. And so, you know, take some scissors to that. Um, make sure you get the head really well. Make sure you, you can blend because you got to blend, you know, the head into the neck and then, you know, the legs into the body. And so there's a lot of that going on. Um, you know, you got the, the hooves. That's a big one, too. Um, one of my pet peeves is see, seeing kids go in the ring with dirty hooves on their goats. It's like, come on, like. You can, that, that's something you can fix. So, you know, I scrub those things until they're squeaky clean, wrap them up. And I mean, I spend days getting my goats ready for, for showmanship. I really do. I think it's more important to have a patient goat than a goat who's, you know, push button. <laughs> a patient goat is a good, is a good showmanship goat, good or bad quality. You know, it's, that's Those what I classes think. get long. Yeah. I think showmanship, um, when I was one of the classes, I think was like two and a half hours long. And it was long. I think the 2017 class was, I had a daughter in that class and um, yeah, I was, I was yes, and there you won too. That class. I remember that. And I, I did. I think it was uh camera. Yes. Father. I see the picture on your website. I'm looking at him. He's lost some weight since then. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but those classes were long. There were a lot of kids in those classes. Yes. Yes, there were. <laughs> um, okay. So I have a lot of questions on that. First off, you were the first person I've ever heard 
to use scissors. What was your inspiration behind that? The clippers don't get all the hair. Sometimes, you know, those cowlicks can be hard. You got to go a hundred different directions. And so when you do go those hundred different directions, sometimes there's still a couple hairs that just won't won't clip off and so you just take some scissors and just And do you use scissors off. like from school or do you use scissors like barbershop scissors? I, I call me crazy. I'm just curious. I mean, whatever you have will work. Whatever whatever will cut a hair. I I use like they were like little scissors. I don't know if, if it's like for sewing, like like cutting thread or something. I don't know, but they okay. were little. They weren't big old giant pairs of scissors. You could use those though, I guess. (laughs) I just imagine Audrey at like two o'clock in the morning with scissors working on like a La Mancha for showmanship and the National Store, the lights are going out. She's like, I'm not done yet. (laughs) Cameron, have you ever, have you ever like got your goat ready for showmanship and it's like super late and you're like, you like mess up a little bit on a, on a spot and you're like, Oh, I can fix it. And you go to fix it and you just make it. Um, yeah. So, um, funny story, F- funny story about that. It, it wasn't me. It was my dad. Cause he was helping us get them ready. Um, because we were younger, I think it was 2006. So I would have been like, uh, 12. Uh, my brother was 11. Uh, my dad put on the 40 blades instead of the 10 blades. And we started going over oh, spots. God. Oh, I've done that. <laughs> And it wouldn't go clip off the rump. It was just like, oh, it took a huge spot off the rump. He's like, oh no. I think everybody has done that. Yeah. Haven't they really? Yikes. I mean, yeah. we've done that too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's why they tell you to, to start on the leg. They're like, start on the leg. I'm like, oh yeah, whatever, you know. Then it's just straight mm. down the back. You're like, oh my, she just started on the leg. <laughs> And there's no way to fix it. I mean, really, you just. I can uh, blend it out. <laughs> no, it's, yeah. You, you just hope you're not clipping the day before the show right. like usual. Exactly. So. Like, oh, it'll come um, out Do you use a special then. kind of soap when you, when you wash them? Do you use anything special? Um, I don't know what it's called, but it's a soap that I get the feed store. It's, it's kind of like a, like a preventative from like ringworm and staff and stuff but i mean you could really you could use whatever you want just something to get the dirt off and let them dry before you clip them because you're gonna bathe them again anyway before showmanship um blending now and i've never been able to blend and someone commented on my facebook post of my goats that we showed this weekend and was just like oh you did a great job blending them i'm like we didn't blend them at all so how i mean like is it is it like a visual (laughs) thing did you learn from somebody how did you learn to kind of blend it all I just eyeball it, and honestly, I just hope for the best. I'm like, oh, please don't mess us up. I'll, like, you know, go from a whatever blade to a to a 10 blade, and you just, you know. I usually, actually, when I get to, like, the hawk and the knee, that's about where I stop with the 10 blade, because from there up, you know, it's, it's usually kind of blends itself. And plus, it depends on the color of your animal. If you have, like, a, like a gray animal or something, you know, or, or like, a super colorful animal you can't really tell if you mess up but if you got like a black goat that's does might not have the thickest hair i mean you can see the blending job so it, it kind of just you know depends i guess i'm not a great blender but i do my best gotcha gotcha i think the boar boar goat 
exhibitors are really good at blending. They use different guards for their, for their blades. And, mm-hmm. and I'm always in awe of the way that they do that. I don't know where they've learned those skills, but um, I, you know, I think, I think that it's kind of fun to see, see the way they do that. And I wish I could be better at it too. So I'm going to have to work on that. But I think the breaks that you mentioned are good ones. Do it at the hocks and the knees. Yeah, that's, that's generally what I do. And yeah, I think the, every time I look at the, those boar goat pictures, I, I think the same thing. I'm like, dang, like maybe if my goats were super hairy, I could fluff them out and, and blend that way. You know, maybe I could do it, but uh, I don't know. After you clip and you, and you wash them again, what are some things that you do, Audrey, closer to showtime? Uh, you mentioned about clean feet. So do you have a secret trick? Do you put something on their feet to keep them clean? Do you, um, um, how do you keep your animal looking good while you're waiting to get in, get into the ring then? So I do the big finishing touches the night before. So like the feet, you know, I'll take a bucket of water and uh, sometimes some soap and just scrub the hooves until there's nothing on them. And then uh, I'll take like a baby wipe and I'll like put it around the hoof and then I'll vet wrap it to keep it clean. Um, you know, sometimes they come off, but at least it's easier to clean the hooves when they're already clean. Um, and then if it's like right before the show, you know, you check your goat's nose make sure there's no little boogers check the eyes for any eye boogers check the ears if you've got goats with ears make sure you've got all the hair clipped off in the ears and that they're all clean if you've got you know a la mancha or an experimental make sure there's no earwax um under the tail make sure everything's clean under there that one's something you probably want to do like two two days probably prior you know because you don't want like a super red kind of bloody butt um Plus it's, it's easier, you know, right before you go in, just do a quick little wipe and you're good to go. Um, make sure, um, if you have a goat that's in milk, you know, between the, the leg and the udder, make sure, you know, sometimes they can get kind of like greasy between there or, or like dirty and like gross. Make sure that's all clean. Um, you know, I usually, I try not to spray anything on my goat, uh, before you go in, you know, if you have like, a yeah, I mean, like fly spray. If you're gonna fly spray your goat, do it very lightly because, as a judge, you know, one thing I know I don't like is if you run your hand down a goat and it's all oily, you gotta go like wash your hands. So you know, that's gonna, you know, the judge is gonna think about that. So, like on the legs is probably fine. As the kids would say, that is grody. Yes, the kids say grody. It's grody. <laughs> you're right. There you go, Cameron. You're getting it. um it's funny you brought up the la mancha ears thing and i want to tell a story here is i judged um i did a showmanship class and i remember very distinctly because it was 7 a.m in the morning and my flight had landed at like 2 a.m and i was all sorts of messed up because i was on west coast time already (laughs) and minus the whole sleep and they didn't let me into the hotel but i judged showmanship and each kid i give individual feedback on and the one girl I said was, hey, your La Mancha ears really need to be cleaned. And apparently this girl took that to heart because she went back to her pen. She not only cleaned her goat's ears, but cleaned her entire herd's La Mancha ears. I was like, whoa. I was like, wow. You're all right. So I, guarantee, I, was like, I was like, she learned something there. There we go. 
There you go. It's important. They might not yeah. have big ears, but they're still they still can uh, get very earwaxy. Yes. I was just going to ask that as somebody who has not been a La Mancha breeder, that's really an issue. Their ears get gross because they don't. I mean, it doesn't look like that they would. I mean, so. they don't get like gross, but there's definitely like some earwax. Sometimes if you pet them, you can like oh, hear wow. it. It's where it's kind of gross. <laughs> okay, that is grody. But I mean, <laughs> yeah. sometimes, then you just clean it and they're good to go. Yeah. Oh, bless their little hearts. Darn it. <laughs> oh, yes. And, and do you use vet wrap or have you used socks before? I use vet wrap. I mean, you can use socks. There's nothing wrong with that, but. I I used vet wrap. Just make sure you don't do it so tight where they're you're gonna cut off circulation, but you don't want it too loose to where they're just gonna rip it off. So happy medium. Uh-huh. Do you use anything like Vaseline under their tails? Or no, I don't. Anything like that? Okay. All right. Gotcha. And then my my I think my one last question I have here is is do you put milk in your showmanship goat's udder or not? So that's actually a question that, that is a good question. Um, so at like a local show, generally showmanship is first. Yeah, my goat's going to have milk because I'm going to show her later the next day or that um, evening. So yes, at nationals, it's not, I don't think it's, if you want to go in with your goat empty, go in, no milk. If you want it to have some milk, go in with some milk. I personally will milk them out, you know, when I'm done doing my thing the night before, which is usually early in the morning. And then however they come in is, is how we'll go in. It's, it's just, I think if a goat is full versus empty, it depends on how you show them. So if you're going to go in with a goat that's empty, make sure you show her correctly. You know, you don't want to set her legs so far apart. Her udder is swinging between her legs as she's standing there. So you have to just kind of change accordingly. But it's up to the exhibitor, I think. Mine is always like half full, probably. I don't know. You can go look at pictures and, and see. It looks rather full in the picture. I think pictures. that makes sense. Yeah. I was always taught. I mean, it, it looks like she's probably got about, I'm, I'm looking at the picture of you and my dad. It looks like you've probably got about, I'm going to guess, to make 14 hours of milk, maybe. Mm, probably and that goat not. And that chocolate goat. Okay. Probably not. I, like I said, it's general, I'll milk them out when I'm done, you know, that night. And however they come in is how they come in. Sometimes they make milk. Sometimes they don't. Um, but it's usually like, they're usually like half-ish full. I'd rather them have probably some milk versus like no milk. Uh-huh. And Laura, where do you stand on this debate? Yeah, I agree. I think uh, t- to me, watching it and, you know, when I used to do showmanship, and seeing seeing my girls, and it's you know, I, I am just going to throw this out here as a parent, especially a parent who has experience in dairy goats. Sometimes it is so hard to watch showmanship because <laughs> you just sit there and you think, "Oh gosh, I can't believe they just did that," or "Shoot, they just lost the class," or "No, stop doing that. Get your hand out of your pocket," or "Don't scratch your head," or "Quit yawning," or you know all those things, but. <laughs> Um, as far as milk and, and the goat goes, the number one thing that has been difficult for my girls on a national level is when their animals get tired of being out there and they start acting up. And then as an exhibitor, you get frustrated and, and 
if you can do anything to make your animal more, more comfortable out there, I think you should do it. And that includes not over uttering them. Just, just a comfortable amount of milk. Yep. I agree. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm either all or nothing, either have your goat completely stripped out, you know, making that utter as small as possible, collapsing that entire mammary system or, um, have them, you know, 12 ish hours full of 12 plus hours full of milk. Um, just gives me, I don't know as a judge, this is going to sound really bad, but you know, if a kid walks in there with a, a fairly, you know, stylish goat, I'm going to probably look at the kid and the goat more. Um, because that's just what I've been trained to do as a judge to, is to look at the best goat. Um, and, and whether that's a secret sauce or anything there, um, as it comes pertains to showmanship, I think that's just a cold heart fact. Well, keep in mind, showmanship is about, you know, the exhibitor. It's not, you know, that's when we're talking about, you bring in some wonky looking goat. You're not judging the goat. You're judging the, the kid and, and how well they show the goat. But I think, I think there's some area to condition and thriftiness as well. And, you know, showing normal growth, neither too fat nor too thin. I right. think, I think it's hard because as judges, um, you know, we we're on, we're obviously trained to go right towards looking at the goat. And I think it's hard to deny someone that is, that is showing a good goat excellently well compared to maybe a goat that's too thin or too fat, maybe not in the right condition and thriftiness of it all. Oh, for sure. But you also, I had an experience um, at a different national show where I was showing one of my, one of my best goats, I would say super pretty, super good girl. And the judge, I ended up winning, but the judge told me that they judged me extra hard because I I had that goat that was already pretty and didn't necessarily need a whole lot of fixing. And, you know, she's just kind of like, you know, knows what she's doing. And so they're like, we had to judge you extra hard. And I was like, okay. I was like, all right, well, I mean, it's part of it, I guess. But so you got to keep that in mind too. Hopefully that wasn't my dad. A question for you two judges. When you um, are showing a doe that's milked out in a showmanship class, how do you set her up? Do you set her up more like you would set up a milking doe or do you set her up more like you would a dry doe? Because that's been a question that I've had kids ask me before. You know, if she's all milked out, do I just ignore the fact that she has an udder and maybe stretch her a little bit more than I normally would or uh, try to frame that udder somewhat, but you know, there's not a lot of udder there. So mm. how should I, how, how should you do that? Cameron, you start. Oh, I, I think you got to go square. Um, you guys got to drop that imaginary line from that pin bone all the way down to that, um, all the way down to the uh, pasture. I think you got to go square um, because there's nothing really to show in terms of the goat's rear udder. Yeah, no, I agree. I think also, um, I mean, I mentioned previous, if you set them too wide, then, you know, you're not helping anything by, you know, watching that udder kind of swing around a little bit. That's something that also was mentioned in, in a showmanship class was, oh, so-and-so is for so-and-so because she showed their, you know, this animal that was milked out a little better, you know? And so I think back legs, maybe a little closer together, definitely probably wouldn't want to stretch them out too far. I mean, Think about when you're in the best in show lineup. I mean, what are you going to do to make your goat look best? 
kind of the same thing, I think. Yeah, I think it's that square. It's very similar to like Cattlewood setup as well. Um, when I think about my my very limited experience showing cattle, um, you know, it's very similar to that. So let's talk maneuvers. Can we talk about that a little bit? Sure. Yeah. So um, that is one area that tends to, to really trip people up a lot. And especially that maneuver when you're in a side-by-side line and the judge is asking you to change positions in that side-by-side line, it really tends to uh, throw a lot of people off on there. So, yes. And it, when I'm helping, like, you know, I'll have 4-Hers ask me, oh, can you, you know, can I come over for a lesson or whatever? I'm like, sure, come over. We'll, we'll, we'll talk. A lot of the questions like, you know, how do we do it correctly? And I always tell kids, so when you're in that side-by-side profile, and the judge is, you know, at the head of the goats and they ask you, oh, can you move your goat between the Nubian and the Nigerian dwarf? I always tell kids, you know, don't necessarily watch the kid in front of you because they could do it wrong. But, you know, you're a walk <laughs> forward. That, you know, been there, done that. You know, walk forward when your goat is fully from when the tail is past all the heads of the other goats. You can start your turn. I always tell kids, you never want to see a back foot pivot. So if you're pivot, if that goat is pivoting their back foot, you're turning too tightly. You don't want to do that. You want to, you know, big open turns. The dairy goats is what I tell kids. You're going to walk. You're going to do a nice, you know, big turn, in, you know, between those two goats. You're going to walk all the way through. You're going to start your turn probably, you know, let's see, you're going to, at least be a goat away probably from the other goats as you pass their tails. Cause you don't want to start your, t- your turn too soon. Cause then you're going to start pivoting. You're going to make your goat turn too tight. And I personally, uh, I, I don't like that. I always tell kids, you know, the judge is telling you your turns are, are too big. You know, they're probably wrong. That's what I tell kids. Um, <laughs> you know, stick them back in line and, Set those front legs up first because that's what the judge is seeing. You know, pinch them down, get them ready, and just gracefully. I always tell kids, have good posture. You know, you see those kids that get down and they have their hand behind their back, kind of like the market animals. You know, these are dairy goats. They are, you know, they're delightful. They're they're dainty. They're they're you know pretty. So good posture. Stand up straight. Shoulders back. You know. Don't stare down the judge as you're doing your thing and just, just, you know, act natural. Don't, don't bring so much attention to yourself. I kind of went off a little bit there off subject, but that's just, I had to say it. No, no, get it, get it all out, Audrey. Get it all out, girl. (laughs) No, that's perfect. That is perfect. Um, It seems to me also like there can be some confusion when, the judge has you move two animals towards them, like they're comparing the two animals together. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about that a little bit? So when they're walking side by side together and they turn towards the judge yes. in a way? Yeah. Yes. So I think this one kind of sometimes depends on the judge. So sometimes they'll have you come towards you or come towards them and then turn around and just kind of park it the opposite way. And sometimes they want you to come back the original way you were lined up. And so just I tell kids also – if you don't fully understand what the judge is asking, ask them to repeat themselves. I would never knock a kid down for 
like confirming what to do. Yeah, I think the that's only important. the only stupid question is the question that isn't asked. That's yep. the Cameron Jadlowski original quote, by the way. You can feel I'm, free to use that. I'm gonna put that in my bio. Reference. That's my new Instagram bio. <laughs> <laughs> what about your TikTok bio? We're not talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> I had to bring it up. <laughs> Um, I I agree uh, that that maneuver can be a little confusing uh, when it comes. And please, if there are questions at all, um, one thing as well, thinking about that, if you don't know something, when a judge asks you, um, tell them you don't know. Yeah. You know, I would rather, I would rather you say you don't know and admit you don't know it compared to you just guessing that the flank is actually the pastern or something like that. Oh yeah, for Um, sure. So so yeah, it's it's okay to not know, and that's what I tell kids all the time: is like it's okay to not know because this is a learning experience. Exactly, you're gonna go into the next show knowing a little bit more, and you're gonna get better every show you go to. Every, you know what I mean? I I agree. If you don't know, that's okay. We've all been there, except maybe Cameron. I don't know. <laughs> I was I. I came out of the womb getting ready to show goats. Or I was already thinking about which type of probiotic to use on my goats in order to increase food efficiency. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, Are we gonna, is there going to be a podcast on that one? No, no. there is not. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, we're going to see Cameron feeding himself probiotics at his next show. That's what we're going to see. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about tasting it myself, actually. Wow, that sounds really weird. I'm saying that on a public forum. Um, I thought about tasting it as well, though. I was like, I wonder what this tastes like. Because you lick salt, you know, you lick salt and then it blocks as a kid. And you, you kind of try the textured grain, too. And you got to have some bee bulb. I mean, that smells so good. Right. Let me tell you something that smells amazing and tastes terrible. And maybe I'm the only one idiot enough to try it. Dine. Yeah, no, I agree. It, it smells like cake, but it tastes so nasty. That is the most horrific <laughs> difference between smell and taste. Yeah. I can I I have no idea why the goats like it because I'm like this smells like buttercream cake. This is wonderful, and it tastes yep. so terrible. Yep. I, oh. I agree. I'm glad I'm not the only one who tried it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, going. Um, do you, Audrey, when you did showmanship, and obviously you're a judge now, so you you know all the scorecards. But uh, did you did you study up uh, the scorecards and the body parts and everything before you went in? Before I before I went <laughs> into the ring. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Correct. Yes. Oh, hundred percent. I I feel like growing up, I had the guidebook like next to my bed, and I just like kind of read it like a lot. And so I actually remember. <laughs> This, so in the 2019, the nationals, my mom and I uh, went out to dinner. It was a day before showmanship. And I was like, all right, I brought, I pulled up the guidebook and the scorecard. And I was like, all right, just quiz me. And so we were, we were going off and there was one thing that she's like, okay, dairy strength. What, what are the six, you know, little subcategories? They don't have points, but they're there. You know what I'm talking about? You know? Yeah. Like, I, I, yes. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay. I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. And so we went over it and I'm not kidding you. That is the exact question I got the day of showmanship the next day. I was like, Oh, I'm so glad I studied this. So 
Yeah, definitely always study. You can always learn something. Yeah. Well, and I always looked at the scorecard and the parts of the goat as kind of like those 50 points that you get before you go into the show ring for what you're wearing and and the appearance of your animal. Um, If you can have all that stuff memorized, you're just that far ahead of the game. Um, Judges like to ask those kind of questions, those scorecard questions and those parts of the goats questions. Mm -hmm. If you've got those down pat. Um, I think that's always good. One thing that my daughters have learned over the years, really listen to what the judge is asking. Um, some shows of judges, especially up in the senior classes, tend to like to say, describe to me where the loin yeah. is or describe to me where uh, the point of elbow is. They don't want you to point to it. They want you to tell them where it is. So I've had some I've had some kids get dinged because they actually pointed it out. And the judge is like, well, you're correct, but that's not what I asked you. Oops. Yeah. There was, there was one time when I was in showmanship and the judge asked me, what are two things you like about this goat? So I take, I take a step back. I look at her and I just start like naming all the things I like about her. And the judge was like, okay, thank you. And walked away. And I sat there and I went, Oh my, she said two things. I just named off like 10 things. So definitely pay attention to the verbiage. That's definitely important. And again, if you're confused or you don't know, it's okay to, you know, can you repeat the question? Sometimes, you know, don't feel like you have to answer immediately right away. You can take a second to think about it. Mm-hmm. I I like to do when I judge, you know, senior showmanship classes, I like to build in some type of critical thinking skill. So um, I always like to ask something like, tell me how you are showing your goat to the best advantage and how many points that will get you on the scorecard or something like that. So it'll be like, oh, I keep my leg into the point of elbow because she's not as tight at the point of elbow and that's worth five points in the senior dough on the scorecard something like that to where they kind of have to this is why i'm doing it this is why it makes sense on the scorecard to kind of make them think it all through yeah that makes sense yeah no that makes yeah sense i've i've had a judge he he's like all right i'm gonna describe something on the scorecard and you have to tell me what category it was. And I was like, all right, let's do it. And so I thought that was pretty cool. That's something I, I think about sometimes. I'm like, I got to use that. <laughs> oh yeah. I like that. That's fun. yes. Yes. Um, okay. So obviously we talked a lot and we focused a lot about national show showmanship. Um, but do you have anything different for like a, maybe you're at like the Ventura County fair and you're doing showmanship or something. And for those that are not familiar with Southern California, Ventura County fair is a big County fair down there. Yes, and it's literally right on the beach. Um, <laughs> oh, fun! It, no, you literally camp on the beach. It's so fun. Hopefully, we, hopefully that's open this year. Um, so, like, I'm—I would say I'm extremely competitive person, personality. I'm just like competitive, and so I wouldn't say there's much difference going into one showmanship to another. I always put in, you know, the best I can, and I I prep them as the best I can, and you know prepare yourself the best you can and so i'd say there's probably not too much of a difference it's just probably the stress level is different the the pressure is different yes i would say that not that i've shown at ventura but um for sure the difference between national shows and and other shows that's a whole different ball game isn't it yeah well sorry go ahead cameron no i always feel like and this is me being honest i always feel like i kind of 
not mailed it in, but I didn't take it as seriously at maybe I was showing at the Lake Lake County Lake County Fair or something like that up in northern Illinois and there was showmanship there and there was like six kids and it was me versus my brother and we felt like we just, you know, we cleaned our goats, but we didn't, you know, do all of the prep work that we would do for a national show. We didn't get socks or anything, you know, we didn't go as extreme to the level of extremeness as we would at a national show. Right. I did that probably almost every showmanship because I don't know. I feel like when I'm like nervous or like, you know, kind of feeling not necessarily the pressure, but you know, I, you know, people are going to be watching me or whatever. I feel like when I'm getting my goat ready, it kind of helps keep my mind off of it. And so that's why I spend forever on my poor goats. (laughs) You're acting like it's a bad thing, Audrey. I'm sure they love it. Oh yeah. I'm sure they love it. (laughs) <laughs> Give them some animal crackers. They'll do anything yeah. for that. <laughs> they sleep really good that night. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Is there anything else, Audrey, that you can think about that that you know really would set an exhibitor apart from the other showmen um, if they're competing in a showmanship class? Like, like in your mind, what really makes somebody an outstanding showman that that you notice? So I think I've talked a little bit about these things, but I'll just do like a quick recap list. So I like to tell kids when you're in the ring, make sure you use the whole ring. You know, if, if everyone's cutting corners and you're the only one using the whole ring, you're going to stand out and you're not going to get docked for using the whole ring. Generally the kids behind you will follow what you're doing. And so that will help you stand out even more Two, Like I said previously, Posture, I know it's not really, I don't think it's mentioned anywhere, but that really, to me, can, you know, if you have good posture and you're looking confident, like, you know, look at my goat kind of a deal, like, I think that's pretty important. Um, I, I feel like a lot of people think you're supposed to just stare down the judge. I think that's not what you're supposed to do, you know, clearly make eye contact with the judge, you know, look at them. And then I like to look at my goat, kind of like, look at my goat you know, this is, you know, what's up, like, check her out kind of a deal. Um, make sure your goat's clean and all that stuff. I'm so, I mean, you know, I, I guess I haven't mentioned this, but I always squatted in showmanship. So if, if you're in this ginormous class and there's like a bazillion kids, then everyone's standing. And if you're squatting, then you're probably going to stand out a little bit. So I like kind of, I kind of like to be like, the odd man out. But if you're going to squat, and I tell this to people all the time, if you're going to squat, you have to just stick it out. Like you can't switch from standing to squatting. You have to squat the whole time. The judge comes up to you. Yes. Stand up, gives your hand a little break. You know, that's when you talk to him, but you, you got to be in it until the end and you got to make sure your arm can handle it. Cause if you got a big old goat and you're, you know, region for the skies like your arm is literally going to hurt so bad just tough it out if you can't then stand there's nothing wrong with that either and so i guess that's something too i was a squatter so so on the way to the national show and you've obviously traveled a long distance for a lot of these do you just bring the shake weight and do you work out your hands and arms to make sure that you have enough um energy and and muscle mass for squatting <laughs> Of course. 
Doesn't everybody just have that hanging out in the back of their trucks? I mean, what else are you supposed to do the whole way to nationals driving three days? Right, yeah. Come on now. Between that and milking goats, you got to stay in shape. (laughs) Audrey, it's interesting to hear you talking about squatting because that was, that's what you did when I, way back in the dark ages when I was in showmanship, everybody squatted. Yeah. Um, Even adults squatted. Which I'm like, oh, thank God we don't do that anymore because I would not be showing goats anymore. Well, but um, I think that's I think that's very interesting that you said that. So and I'll tell you good. sometimes, like I don't squat hardly ever now. But if I'm in like an extremely competitive class and I'm like, like I want to do good, like I probably I I do squat, you know. Because, again, I think sometimes it sets you apart. Sometimes, you know, they're like, you know, yeah, they're looking at the animals, but they're kind of like, ooh, like, what is she doing? Kind of, you know, if that makes sense. So if it's, like, really, really intense, like, I will still squat sometimes. But that was more of a showmanship thing. Gotcha. Any uh, other final thoughts, Audrey, Laura, on showmanship here before we kind of wrap it up? Um. I feel like if any of your listeners are out there and they have any questions or, or, you know, comments or something and, you know, feel free to reach out to me like on Facebook or something. I'm, I'm always happy to talk goats and to help out my fellow goaters. Uh, I have no problem doing that. So feel free to reach out. Awesome. My final word would be do it. The best way to learn to be a good showman, especially for youth that are aspiring to, to improve their game is just to jump out there and do showmanship classes. I don't care if you feel like you're not, not ready for it. You will always come away as, as Audrey said, you're always going to learn something and you'll bring that to the next time. And the only way to get better is to just keep trying to do it. hundred percent. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, and one thing for adults is to watch a showmanship class because um, if you've never done showing a goat before, or you feel really inexperienced about showing a goat, watch a showmanship class. Or even if you're, you know, been doing this um, for years. When I judge adult showmanship, I was very surprised to see um, how many adults might not understand a scorecard yet. They've been raising goats for longer than I've been alive, or um, um, you know, they don't know the maneuvers. Or, or really sit down and watch a showmanship class if you want to be a better showman, because these kids. Um, you know, they're, they're a lot better than a lot of adults. Yep. I agree. Showmanship's just got a different vibe to it. So I, I agree. Yep. And you know what, Audrey, your vibe attracts your tribe. You got to remember that. <laughs> That's also going in my bio. <laughs> That's a good your tribe. That's a good one. Vibe, vibe, vibe attracts your tribe. Uh, Audrey, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. Hopefully you had a little fun. Yeah, I did. It was, it was a good time. Thanks for having me. No problem. Audrey, will you be making it to Louisville this year? Oh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I want to, I've had a couple people ask me, but I don't know <laughs> if I go, probably not with my own animals. Well, if I, if you do make it, I will really enjoy meeting you in person and thank you so much for being part of our podcast today it was a delight having you it was fun thank you guys audrey where can we learn more about your herd your goats and see um in my opinion one of the most underrated la mancha herds in the nation and i think everyone needs to know um these la manchas in southern california because i've seen them before and they are top notch 
<laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I mean, uh, Facebook, I think, is where I post most about my goats. I try to keep the website updated, but mm, I got to do better. <laughs> perfect as as always thanks for listening everyone we enjoy you and thanks for spending a little time with us each week if you like us tell a friend say hey listen to an awesome podcast if you don't like us though you don't need to tell anybody but hopefully you like us so thank you for being part of our podcast and have a great week we'll see everybody on the next week